0: Alright, so this is just going to be for Bible study on Wednesday night, just trying to understand the ideas that I had. So basically, one of the first ideas that I had was for Ephesians chapter 6, and it's for verses 10 through uh, 18. And then we're going to go to Daniel chapter 6, and we're going to read about the lion's den. So first... Uh, in chapter six it essentially first talks about your instructions for the household so i was just watching a video on the book of Efe- excuse me on the book of ephesians and it was talking about how the whole essential premise of the book of ephesians and i'll probably end up showing this video anyway but the whole essential premise of the book of ephesians is to talk about unity and to talk about um oh geez it just left my mind but it's basically talking about unity of the church and unity of families, how we're all going to be united together in Christ. And then um, it talks about how spiritual warfare is essentially to divide that, to keep us from being united, um, to keep us from following God's commands, respecting each other, loving each other, that type of stuff. So then that's the first part, the first uh, little chunk of chapter six is basically just Continuing talking about um, the instructions for the household, which was the previous chapter, and then it talks about the armor of God. So this is where I was thinking that we were going to pick up at. Um, and it says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So that is that to me says that we can only be strong in the Lord. We cannot be strong in anyone else, in anything else. The only thing that we can be strong in is in the Lord. So we think that we may have strength in and of ourselves, but we don't. We can only be strong in the Lord. And then on top of that, it says put on the full armor of God so in order to be strong in the Lord how do we like do that how do we what are the practical steps that we can take to be strong in the Lord well we put on his full armor and so um, the first thing that I wanted to talk about before even jumping into all of this was just talking about the message that we did last week so the message that we did last week was discussing the day of the Lord. So first we discussed how the day of the Lord is going to be like a thief in the night. We don't know when we can't see it coming. We just know that it's going to come eventually and how everyone is saying peace and safety, but eventually destruction is going to come on them. And it's kind of about like how the coronavirus happened. Like we didn't know, we didn't expect, um, and it could have been any of our last days. We won't know, but it just came suddenly, you know? And so then we talked about how the the differences between darkness versus light, The differences between Satan versus God, such as being asleep versus awake, drunk versus sober, surprised versus ready and alert, off balance versus balanced, day versus night, and then uncertain versus confident. We also talked about, since we are children of the light, we have to put on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. Um, And the hope of salvation is just hoping in Christ's return when he's eventually going to save us once again from this dark world. And then we have salvation through Jesus. So that's basically how we have eternal life um, with him. And so... I was discussing last week how we are putting on all of this so that we can guard ourselves. Um, And in order to put on these two things, we have to pray, we have to worship, and we have to read God's word. So those were the three things I discussed last week. This week, I wanted to dive into prayer specifically as one of the tools that we're using to help us be prepared um, and to help us be guarded in God. And so, the armor of God, as it's discussing, you know, the the first part that it discusses is, like, why we need to put on the full armor of God. So, first of all, it tells us that we need to put it on, because that's how we become strong in the Lord. Then it tells us this is why you do it, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And then after that, it defines... Um, Kind of the spiritual forces that are behind all of this, the spiritual warfare that's going on between the devil and between God. And so it's not against flesh and blood. Every trouble that we're facing, every divide, every, you know, torment that's going on in this world. It's not because of flesh and blood. It's not because of people, but it's because of the darker things that are behind it. The bigger picture, which is the struggle between God and the devil, which he's already won. He's already defeated the devil. But... The thing is, is that it has to come to pass as he's already said it's going to come to pass. So it's not like he could just be like, okay, now, you know, like he has to do it as he said he was going to do, fulfill his promises in the way that he has already declared they were going to be fulfilled. Then it says to put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. So one of the things that really stood out to me was the fact that first of all it tells you to put on your full armor so you can stand against the devil's games. Then it tells you to put on the armor so that you can stand your ground. So both times he mentions standing and I think standing is mentioned in total about four times, four or five times in this entire passage, which is a lot because if it's repeated that means that it is important. Anytime you see something repeated that means it's important. And so he constantly is saying stand, 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 stand. And so that just sp- spoke to me because it, it it reassured me that we are not the ones fighting. We are just standing. We're here to um, just reverence God and just stand in his presence. Let him do all the fighting because he's the one who knows how to defeat him. He already defeated him. So he's the one that knows how to defeat him, who knows how to take care of um everything that's going on. We're just meant to stand here and have our armor on so that we can still stand here. Because if we get hurt, let's say, you know, we get hit in the chest. Well we're not gonna be standing there. We're gonna be moving around. We're gonna be you know, all that type of stuff. So we are meant to stand and I don't really know where I was um going with this but basically uh, uh, So, I was going to talk about, you know, how we put on the full armor, but I don't think that's really where um, I want to go. I think the, the, the thing I want to heavily emphasize is that we put on all these things and we pray so that we can stand, you know, so that we don't feel the urge, we don't feel the need to be moving, to be doing more, to be fighting. We know that when we pray... Like, we are reminded that we are supposed to stand, that we are supposed to be still, you know, and let go of our desires to fight, let go of our desires to be in control. We simply just stand there and we're watching and we're seeing the victory. And so that reminded me of, as I was reading last night, something just kind of drew me to um, Daniel chapter six. And I was reading about Daniel in the lion's den and he didn't fight the lions like he. It says that the angel came down and the angel closed up the mouths of the lion. So never did, never did Daniel fight the lion. You know, he, I feel like what he did was he prayed and he worshiped God. And because of his prayers to God, he was saved. And he was saved in a way that brought glory to God and it brought glory and credit to him and the whole nation under the king ended up reverencing god all because of him praying and i feel like that's what god wants us to do prayer is our communication line with god and so prayer is meant to help us just to stand so that god can be reverenced and this one kind of honestly like i'm not sure officially where i'm going with this i really um I have a lot of ideas, and I've seen a lot of things that are very helpful, like the Bible Project um, video and all that stuff. Like, it's really good, but it's just, like, the message isn't really um, sticking together. And I did tell everybody to read, um, I did tell everybody to read this, so I feel like I do need to use this to some degree, but um, I don't know how how to incorporate because i feel like the passage about daniel and the lions then is something really important to use but i'm not necessarily sure so we're just gonna keep praying about it we're just gonna keep seeking god about it um we can go into prayer right now actually so dear lord as i come before your throne today i ask you to just help me to seek you god um there is so many ideas, so many great messages, so many great words that you have shown me, you have revealed to me, you have allowed me to see others speak, and I don't want to speak something that someone else has spoken simply because it was appealing to me, you know, I want it to be something, I want this message to be something that is directly from you to your people, and... I pray that you just lead me to a passage, lead me to an understanding, lead me to practical steps that you want me to write down and speak to your people so that they can understand more about who you are and so that they can understand the seriousness of your word, that they can understand that you're coming soon, you're coming like a thief in the night, God, we won't know when, we won't know how, but we will be prepared and I, don't, um, I can't emphasize enough how important it is for us to be serious and for us to be obedient but also for us to be fervent in prayer fervently um following you god passionately following you lord and just being with you god daily day in and day out lord we want to seek your face we want to know who you are god um and i'm reminded of first chronicles chapter seven i believe it's first or second chronicles chapter seven verse 14 that says if my people who are called by my name We are called by your name, Lord. We'll humble themselves and seek your face and pray, God, and repent and turn from their wicked ways, Lord. That's what we want to do. We want to humble ourselves, God. We want to invite you into this place and seek your face, God. We want to pray to you, Lord, fervently pray to you, God. And we want to turn from our wicked ways, repent, so that we can come to you confidently before your throne and talk to you, Lord. And I just pray that you help us, God. You help us to reverence you. You help us to know more about you. You help us to just obey you, Lord, because that's what you're asking of us to do. You want us to obey and to worship you, God. And so I pray that this message, um, whatever you want me to speak, Lord, that it is in obedience to you and that it is in Uh, a way that will end up giving you the glory and worshiping you at the end God so I just pray in the mighty name of Jesus that that's what happens Lord in Jesus' name amen so yeah um well yeah Okay, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 10, 6. 2 Corinthians 10, 6. Let's see. That's what it said, 10, 1 through 6. So 2 Corinthians 10, 1 through 6 says, By the humility and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you, I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but quote unquote bold toward you (laughs) in a way. I beg you. That when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. Okay, Paul is just throwing savage, just savage, savage quotes out here. He said, he said, He said, I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons on the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Ooh. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. Now, we're getting somewhere with that. I like that. Let me find the highlighter. Okay. So... Where's my piece of gum? Oh, this would be really cool to, like, record myself doing Spanish, too. (laughs) Okay. So, I'm just going to throw out some random things that I've been thinking about. Spiritual warfare. Obedience. Um. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um. What's another one? Prayer. Um, Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Hmm. So, it says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary... They have the divine power to demolish strongholds. So basically that means that the only way we can demolish strongholds is through the armor of God. Because it's literally God's armor that we're putting on. Um, So that makes sense why it says be strong in the Lord. Put on the full armor of God. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Hmm. Hmm. So, these actions come from the intentional activity. Of an enemy whose influences who influences people each and every day. When a Christian faces overwhelming trials and oppressive circumstances, the enemy, the evil one, may be intimately involved. Yet believers must not despair. The Christian has every reason to be confident as he takes up the approach to spiritual warfare prescribed by God. This me the means of success are spiritual disciplines commanded by God in Ephesians six. So spiritual Disciplines Hmm Using the familiar image of Roman armor The passage reveals how to do battle Against spiritual enemies And outlines the rules of engagement For this specific fight The end goal of spiritual warfare Is to make every thought captive to Christ Okay So we have Spiritual disciplines I like that That's what this is called So spiritual disciplines Which is prayer. Which is prayer. Worship. And God's word. Okay. And then we have.